The Guardian. Turtles have existed on the planet for around 200 million years, about the time when Pangaea, Earth's supercontinent, began to break apart. Outlasting the dinosaurs, turtles have in fact withstood several mass extinction events. And although these ancient reptiles can still be found around the world, more than half of all species now face extinction, under threat from habitat destruction, unsustainable fishing practices, trade and climate change. Can delving into their long evolutionary history tell us something about what might lie ahead for turtles and what we can do to help with their survival? Frankly, we went into this sort of expecting to see um, sort of a long period of extinction, right? This is a globally endangered clade today and they, uh, maybe they've been declining for a long time, um, but that's not what we found. What we found is that around uh, 34 million years ago, a period of time called the Eocene-Oligocene transition, the rate at which new species of turtle form increases by about threefold. At the same time, this period of the Eocene-Oligocene transition, global sea levels were also falling on a magnitude of, of greater than 100 meters. I'm Phoebe Weston, a reporter for The Guardian's Age of Extinction project, and this is Science Weekly. Do you happen to have a favorite turtle species? <laughs> I sure do. Um, so it's called the the black-knobbed sawback turtle. It's a, a species that lives in the southeastern United States, only in a single river basin. Um, it's very spiky, has these big black knobs on its back. It's just a very stunning looking animal and not really what you would picture if you, when, when you just picture a generic turtle in your head. My name's Bob Thompson. I'm an associate professor at, uh, in the School of Life Sciences at the University of Hawaii. Bob, your study looks at the evolutionary history of turtles and how climate and where they live in the world has shaped their diversity. Could you give us an overview of how far back turtles go and how they've changed during that time? Turtles, as we think of them, sort of show up around 200 million years ago. We estimate uh, their age to be right around 208 million years. And through that time, they've gone through some uh, booms and busts, really, as a group of species. From the fossil record, we know that they've experienced some extinction and have uh, historically had a, a relatively low amount of diversity. From the study that we've put together now, we find that uh, around 30 million years ago, something different happened. And their rate of speciation, or the rate at which um, new species of turtles form, increased by about uh, threefold. And you mentioned that despite being millions and millions of years old, they actually are not a very diverse group. Could you explain why have they not diversified more? This is actually what our study really focused on, um, trying to understand why they have so few species. So today there's uh, 348 species of turtle in the world. And just to sort of orient uh, you, other major lineages of vertebrates, uh, things like birds or lizards, those are, are groups that are younger than turtles and, and contain many times more species. So thousands upon thousands of species in those groups, despite being much younger. Turtles obviously didn't do that. And that's one of the things that got us interested in them, um, why they're so undiverse. And it really seems like 
throughout their history, they've been influenced by the environments that they are in, as well as climatological changes that have occurred. It seems like that influences how rapidly they speciate and how much diversity is around. Tell us a bit more about exactly how you did your research and how you managed to piece together their diversity over time. So the first part of this was really a wide-scale effort to reach out to the community of people that work on turtles and turtle conservation and uh, bring together uh, molecular samples from all of the species of turtles in the world. Um, And that's actually a very difficult undertaking because so many of them are extinct in the wild or virtually extinct in the wild and just very hard to get your hands on. Perhaps one of the, the rarest turtles in the data set uh, is a, a species called Swinho's giant softshell. It lives in China and Vietnam, and um, there are four individuals known in the world that exist. Right? So it's, um, it's an undertaking, to say the least. So some came from zoo collections, some came from uh, researchers working in various places around the world. So yes, over a period of, of years and years, um, involving hundreds of people, we, we slowly assembled tissue samples of all of these species that we could then uh, work from to do this study. Once those are in hand, uh, what we do is sequence genes, uh, the same set of genes from all of those species of turtles, in order to understand the evolutionary history of the group, essentially what we do is compare all of those DNA sequences to one another and look for shared mutation. So different species will, will share similar mutations in their genome, and uh, that's really the information that lets us track the patterns of relatedness among the different species. At its heart, what we're doing is, is comparing DNA sequences from all the species of turtles and tracking uh, these mutations that they share. When you were um, getting together this DNA and mapping out its evolutionary history, did any findings particularly jump out at you? Were there any big surprises with what you found? One big surprise in particular. So like I explained, we went into this sort of curious of why why turtles contained so few species, why they're so undiverse. Frankly, we went into this sort of expecting to see um, sort of a long period of extinction, right? This is a globally endangered clade today, and they uh, maybe they've been declining for a long time. And maybe that's the whole story. Um, but that's not what we found. Um, what we found is that around th- uh, 34 million years ago, a period of time called the Eocene-Oligocene transition, we find that the rate at which new species of turtle form increases by about threefold, where there's this, this burst of, of evolutionary diversification happening. So that finding surprised us and, and, of course, motivated us to dig into it further. And so what we did from there is, is start trying to understand what factors might drive that increase in, in the speciation rate. And what we found is they seem to be geographically located on newly emerged continental margins. So at the same time, this period of the Eocene-Oligocene transition, global sea levels were also falling on a magnitude of, of greater than 100 meters. Okay, So the, these are sea level changes that are much bigger than, than, say, people are worried about today with, with ongoing climate change. Sea level changes on that scale really reshaped continents, um, exposing whole new areas, um, new river basins. And sure enough, it seems that if you go in and, and carefully analyze this evolutionary tree that we've developed, 
we find that the specific lineages of turtles that experience these increased rates of speciation are the lineages that are on continental margins. So it seems like um, as sea levels came down, we get reshaped continents, including new habitats that turtles then dispersed into and subsequently went through this burst of speciation. How many more species were created by this event? Uh, Hundreds. If we were producing uh, roughly one species per million years or something, now it's it's three. Um, And that may sound like a small difference, but in um, across evolutionary timescales, these differences really matter. What are these biodiversity hotspots specifically for turtles? Where do we find these these areas in the world? There's three areas in the world that really stand out for turtles. The first is the the southeastern United States. Um, The second is in Asia, specifically the the Ganges and the Brahmaputra Basin, so sort of northern India, Nepal, that area of the world. And the third is the Amazon Basin in South America. The fact that turtles are so widespread, that suggests that they're a very successful group, right? Absolutely. Um, That's an interesting thing about them. They've persisted for a very long time now, as I've said, and and, um, largely in this this same form. They have a very derived morphology. So their shell is actually a highly modified version of the rib cage, and they've somehow stuffed their pelvic and pectoral girdle inside that rib cage, which is very um, unusual to, to say the least. And they've sort of persisted uh, in that way for, for hundreds of millions of years now. So it does speak to this, um, th- this persistence does sort of speak to their evolutionary resilience, even though they haven't generated a lot of diversity. Unfortunately, this seems to be in stark contrast to what's happening now in terms of turtles at risk of extinction and the destruction of habitats around the world. How does your research shed light on what's happening now and, and how at risk turtles are? We think that it's it's cause for some concern. So turtles are in, in really bad shape from a conservation perspective, um, really on a global scale. So a third of the species are endangered or extinct already. Three quarters of the species are either near threatened, vulnerable, or endangered or extinct. So uh, the entire group is is kind of globally endangered. And so what's driving that? Well, well, there's a few factors. One of them is habitat loss, and particularly habitat loss along coastlines we now know is going to be really bad for turtles because these are the areas that in the present day support a lot of the diversity that's out there. And they're the areas that have really served as the cradles for, for that diversity to arise in the first place. Now, these days, we know that the human population tends to live close to coastlines. There's sort of disproportionate impacts from human populations closer to coastlines. So these are the the habitats that tend to get degraded or modified first and the most. As an example, humans do a lot of damming of rivers and channelizing rivers. And those are activities that tend to destroy nesting habitat for turtles. and and can really make these areas just unsuitable to support populations anymore. And of course, this is all on top of the concerns we have with ongoing climate change that are now causing more marine incursion into areas. There are some nice studies that are relatively recent that find that 
as sea levels increase these days due to climate change, we're seeing more brackish water in these um, previously freshwater environments that support turtles. What questions has this study prompted? What do you think we need to understand next? Are you going to be doing more turtle research? There's several things to do next. One of them is to use this nice estimate of evolutionary history we have for the whole group, use that to start addressing some other questions about the evolutionary history of this group. So this first question we tackled was essentially, why are there so few species? Can we explain the low diversity? But there's a lot of follow-up work to do on the rates and patterns at which morphological diversity accumulates in the group. Um, one thing that's sort of notable about turtles is, is really how adaptable and flexible they have been. You know, you look at um, tortoises, which are like well specialized for a terrestrial lifestyle, to marine turtles, to freshwater turtles. You know, the, these species occur in sort of all habitats um, and they have that flexibility. So there are questions related to like, how did that evolve? Why is this group so ecologically diverse? And then there, there's other work to do that sort of focuses on conservation prioritization. So we've found that these coastal margins seem to be very important cradles of evolution for turtles. But sort of within that pattern, where are the real critical areas that we need to get out there today and stabilize some populations? Obviously, turtles have been around for millions of years. And you've studied how they've changed in response to massive climatic and geographic changes. How hopeful or pessimistic are you for turtles going forward? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I am cautiously optimistic. What we do have with turtles is um, a reasonably good understanding of where the conservation threats are coming from. That's actually something we don't understand about a, a lot of organisms. A, a lot of organisms out there, we, we really don't even know how many species there are or where they occur. So, so we know an awful lot about turtles, which means we can be proactive in trying to conserve and manage these threatened species. Um, so I think that's where the hope is. That said, it's very clear that we need to be doing more, not just for turtles, but preserving biological communities on the planet. Um, we are degrading them far too fast for this to be sustainable for any real length of time. I want to be clear that the threats are very, very serious, but there is a dedicated community of people working on this, and we have some ways forward in that we understand what needs to be done. So I think that's where the hope is. That's been so interesting. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Of course. Happy to. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Bob. We've put a link to the study on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. There, you'll also be able to find out more about the Age of Extinction project. And we're going to be back with another Science Weekly Takeover soon. If you have any comments or questions, do email us at scienceweekly at theguardian.com. That's it for today. We'll be back on Thursday. Until then, stay safe. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.